Sunday Bhagavatam class. It is um, October 11th, 2020, and uh, <laughs> still in Coronado. So today we are going to begin with the Bhagavatam verse 1840, Canto 1, Chapter 8, Text 40. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So 1840 Ime Janapada Sridha Supakko Shadivirudha Tanadri nadyudan vanto yedante tavavikshitai. So Prabhupada's translation, all these cities and villages are flourishing in all respects because the herbs and grains are in abundance, the trees are full of fruits, the rivers are flowing, the hills are full of minerals and the oceans full of wealth. And this is all due to your glancing over them. Prabhupada says in his purport, human prosperity flourishes by natural gifts and not by gigantic industrial enterprises. So let's look at this verse closely. The first word is ime, these, janapada, these, uh, Prabhupada translates it cities and towns. Jana means people, pada means place, so people places. And so Janapada, or here the plural Janapada, can mean nation, country, or just, you know, we're a society, really. It's like society. So these societies, these countries, these nations, these cities and towns, Suridha. Riddha means flourishing, and su means like very much. So they're uh, very much flourishing. Suridha, supakoshadi viruda, and also uh, su, uh, same as in suridha, means very much. And uh, pakwa, pakwa is actually from the verb pach, to cook. And uh, so um, pakwa is the past passive participle, it means cooked. But in Sanskrit, because they, you know, they cooked means like ready. So it also means ripe, like to say that a fruit is ripe or something is ripe, they use the same word pakwa. So supakwa means very ripe. Uh, the oshadi, the uh, herbs. Oshadi means herb, and because, of course, they used herbal medicine back then, so oshadi can also mean medicine. So supakwa oshadi, so the herbs, including medicinal herbs, are like they're flourishing, they're very ripe, they're ripening nicely. Virudha, all the different plants and bushes. Vana, the next third line, the forests, Adri, the mountains, Nadi, the rivers, Udanvanto, the seas or oceans. Udan means water and Vanta means those that possess. 
So the water holders in a sense. So the oceans and seas, udanvanto, he indeed, edante, they're flourishing, they're prospering. Tavavikshitaihi, by your glances. Literally, vikshita. Uh, here's the plural, vikshita. The word vikshita means in Sanskrit, uh, a look, a glance. So here in the plural, by your glances. Simply by Krishna, simply by your glances. These countries, these lands are very prosperous. The uh, medicinal herbs and plants are uh, very ripe or, or uh, flowering or um, growing very well. The, the hills, um, forests, rivers, seas, oceans, they're all, everything is prospering. Everything is growing by your glances. So Kunti here correctly attributes all of the success of the earth, this natural prosperity to Krishna simply glancing over the earth. So then Kunti says, Atta Vishweshwa, Vishwatman, Vishwamurte, Sokeshume Sneha Pasham, Imang, Chindhi Dridhang Pandushu Vrishnishu. Prabhupada translates this, O Lord of the universe, soul of the universe, O personality of the form of the universe, please therefore sever, cut my tie of affection for my kinsmen, the Pandavas and the Vrishnis. And Prabhupada says, a pure devotee of the Lord is ashamed to ask anything in self-interest from the Lord, but the householders are sometimes obliged to ask favors from the Lord being bound by the tie of family affection. Srimati Kunti Devi was conscious of this fact and therefore uh, she prayed to the Lord to cut off the affectionate tie from her own kinsmen, the Pandavas and the Vrishnis. So here, Atta, therefore, and so here three times Kunti calls Krishna with names that have the word Vishwa, which means universe. And so just like in English, or most languages I know, you have the word Vishwa, universe, and then of course the word universal, from the word universe, universal, which means in all cases. So it's, it's like that in Sanskrit. So Vishwa, the Vishwa Isha, the Lord of the universe, the Vishwa Atman, the soul of the universe. Vishwa Murti, uh, the form of the universe, the, 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 the murti of the universe. Prabhupada translates it, uh, personality of the form of the universe. So the Vishwamurti, and here addressing Krishna Vishwamurti. And then she prays, Swakeshu, in my very own. Swa means one's own. Swaka means like my very own, like, like my people that are close to me. And uh, Swakeshu, so in my very own, in my own people, uh, may, Swakeshu may, Sneha Pasham Imang Chindhi. Cut, Chindi means cut. Please cut Imam this Pasham rope, this bond, Sneha of affection. So in this world, people are. They cultivate affection based on the bodily concept of life. They think this is uh, noble and good. 
but actually here, Kunti calls that sneha pasham, the, the rope, the binding rope of affection, attachment. Sneha pasham, so she says, sneha pasham, this affection rope, imang, this, sneha pasham imang, chindi, cut it, sever it. Prabhupada says, cut off. Dridham, so the word dridham means very firm or deep. Prabhupada translates, and of course it refers to pasham. Sneha pasham dridham, the deep bond or the deep rope or tie of, of affection. Pandushu, which I have for the Pandus, the Pandavas, and Vrishnishu, and for the Vrishnis. Of course, the Prophet explains in his purport, uh, Kunti Devi was equally related to the Pandavas were her sons, Pandu was her husband, and uh, she was born in the Vrishni dynasty. So that was her, uh, before her marriage, that was her, and after that was her family. So she wants to be free of all bodily attachment, even to great devotees, which means that uh, even if someone is a devotee, we may be materially attached to them. And of course, we should love devotees and love everyone, but with spiritual love, loving the soul, not material, not material attachment based on taking the body falsely to be the self. That's good advice for all of us, I think. So then Kunti says, Twayi, in you, uh, Twayi means in you. May Ananya Vishaya Matir. My Matir, attention, Prabhupada translates as attention, I just noticed, or attraction, or, or consciousness, or thinking. Mati from the verb man, manas, mind. So Ananya Vishaya. Vishaya means the object. So and ananya means no other. Anya is other or another, and an, an anya means no other. So let my mind have, uh, let my mind be fixed in you with no other object. In other words, let me not think of anything but you. Let my mind have no other object but, but you. Let my mind always be in you. Madhu Pate, o Lord of Madhu. Asakrit, and let my mind be this way, asakrit, uh, continuously. And then, Rating Udbhatad Adha Gange Vogam Udanbati. So, this is a very nice verse, very nice image. Rati uh, means my love, my affection. Prabhupada translates it here, uh, attraction. This word rati is actually from the verb ram, from which you get the word rama, which means a source of pleasure. And so rati means my pleasure, my, and so on, my attraction, and therefore it can mean affection, rati, or love. So Kunti here gives an example uh, adha, which means just as, in the same way that uh, Ganga, the Ganges, Ganga Eva, Ogam. Anyway, won't go into all the 
So Ganga Eva Udanvati, just as the Ganges, Ganga Udvahati, it, it, which is implicit verb here, carries uh, Ogam. It's uh, just as the Ganges carries uh, or flows. Um, actually, Ogam is not a verb. It actually doesn't. It doesn't. It's not the verb flow. So I'll just. Uh, just want to confirm what I'm pretty sure it means. It means like a mass. Uh, yeah, it means a flood, uh, a stream, a rapid flow of water. So, so what, what this verse is saying actually in Sanskrit is just as the Ganges carries all of its waters, it's, you know, all these massive waters, as the, Gang, as the Ganges naturally carries its waters down to the sea, Udanvati, we had this word in, uh, before as Udanvanta, but it carries its waters into the sea, literally. As the Ganges carries its waters into the sea, let my mind carry, uh, let my mind carry my rati, my affection, my attraction. Let my mind carry all my affection to you. So that's what that's what Kunti is saying, that uh, that let my mind, having no other object but you, having no other object but you, let my mind fixed in you, O Madhupati, let it continuously carry all of my attachment, all of my affection to you. Let, let, let my mind carry all these things to you, just as the Ganges uh, carries all of its waters into the sea. So that's what she's saying. Prabhupada translates this, the Lord of Madhu, Madhu as the Ganges forever flows to the sea without hindrance. Let my attraction be constantly drawn unto you without being diverted to anyone else. So the next verse, uh, sort of uh, Kunti uh, ending her prayers with a longer, beautiful verse, poetic. This is 1843. She says, Sri Krishna, Krishna Sakha, Vrishni, Rishabha, Avani, Dhru, Grajanya, Vangsha, Dahana, Abhavarga Virya, Govinda, Godvija, Surarati, Haravatara, Yogeshwara, Kilo Guru, Bhagavan Namaste. So beautiful, beautiful verse. Prabhupada translates this O Krishna, O friend of Arjuna, Arjuna, O chief amongst the descendants of Rishni, you are the destroyer of those political parties which are disturbing elements on this earth. Your prowess never deteriorates. You are the proprietor of the transcendental abode and you descend to relieve the distresses of the cows, the brahmanas, and the devotees. You possess all mystic powers and you are the preceptor of the entire universe. You are the almighty God and I offer you my respectful obeisances. So, uh, let's look at the Sanskrit. Krishna says, Sri Krishna. These are all evocative grammatically. It means that Kunti is addressing Krishna as Sri Krishna. Krishna Saka, Krishna's friend. 
meaning Krishna, of course, it's another name for Arjuna. O.C. Krishna, Krishna's friend, Vrishni Rishabha, the um, chief of the Vrishnis. Literally, Rishabha means like the bull, so like the bull of the Vrishnis, which means like the leader of the Vrishnis. Best of the Vrishnis. Avani Druk Rajanya Vangsha Dahana. And you who burn up Vangsha, Rajanya Vangsha, the royal dynasties, Avani Druk, that are offending or uh, disturbing the earth. So, uh, Avani Druk, Avani means the earth. Uh, and Drug here, uh, hmm. oh, I see what it is. Little Sanskrit grammar here. Uh, so Drug, anyway, we won't go into all the technical details, but Drug, there means to hurt, to seek to harm, to be hostile to, uh, to be a foe or rival. So all those royal orders that were harming the earth, that were violating the earth, hostile to the earth, uh, you burn them up, dahana. So Rajanya Vangsa dahana, apavargavirya. Very interesting. Anapavargavirya. And your prowess never diminishes. Your prowess never diminishes. Uh, Anapavarga, very interesting word there for those who are following the Sanskrit. Um, so Anapavarga virya, your prowess never diminishes. And Govinda, just O Govinda, Go Dvija Surarti Hara. Hara means you take away arti, the suffering sura of the godly persons, Dvija, the Brahmanas, twice born. The twice born go in the cows. Go Dvija Sura. For the Go Dvija and Suras, Arti Hara, you take away all their suffering. Avatara, actually, Avatara uh, goes with that. It means you came down, you descended. You are, you came as an avatar just to remove the suffering of all these communities. Yogeshwara, the Lord of Mystic Power, Akila Guru the real guru of everyone, Bhagavan, O oh Lord, namaste. I bow to you. I bow to you. Namaste. So that's a very beautiful verse. Perhaps if you have any questions, uh, those can be sent over. And I'll maybe do one more. Uh, or maybe I won't, actually. So we'll stop there. Uh, we'll just do those. Um, we did 40, 41, 42, 43. We did four verses. And uh, maybe one more. Uh, that, that, by the way, that was the last prayer of Kunti. And now Sutta is going to speak again. So we'll do that one more verse. Sutta Vacha. So, Pratyetam uh, Kalapadaik. Parinuta kilodaya mandang jahasa vaikunto mohayani vamaya. That's very nice. So Sutta said, Prabhupada translates this. Sutta Goswami said, The Lord, thus hearing the prayers of Kunti Devi, composed in choice words for his glorification, mildly smiled. 
that smile that smile was as enchanting as his mystic power. So Sutuvacha Pritaya, which means by Prita, by Kunti, Itam thus Kalapadaik with sweet words, chosen words, Parinuta, having glorified or being glorified by Kunti with chosen words, sweet words. And then Krishna is called Akilodaya. Aya in Sanskrit means going, and Ud is up, Udaya, going up. So for example, the sunrise is called Udaya. And in Bengali, it's Udila. And therefore you get that song, Udila Aruna Purava Vage. So that's, anyway, Udila, that's from Sanskrit, Udaya. So literally up going, so it can mean sunrise or just, or just prospering. Uh, Prabhupada translates Udaya as glories, as glories, which is an interesting translation. It obviously can mean that also because it means like exalting or praising, showing how someone is going up, rising. Uh, let's see if um, it can mean success, good fortune. The dictionary doesn't directly mean glories, but it's, it, it, it means glories in the sense that um, it exalting Krishna, showing how he rises above everything in that sense. So uh, in that sense, it can mean glory. So So mandang means mildly, mandam, like slowly or mildly. Jahasa. Vaikunta. Uh, Vaikunta means Krishna. Krishna is here called Vaikunta. Smiled. Vaikunta. So Vaikunta uh, in English word order would be Vaikunta Jahasa Mandam. That Vaikunta, the Lord, Jahasa smiled Mandam. Very sort of a subtle smile. And if you think about it, you imagine Krishna there and he's not grinning. He's not like, you know, a big smile, but he's like, I mean, Kunti understands him and he understands Kunti. So they're obviously having a deep exchange, but Krishna's, because he's not, he's not like he's really having a big smile because Kunti glorified him. So it's like if someone praises us, we want to show that we appreciate it, but not that we are super enlivened to be praised. So you may smile mildly. And that's exactly what Krishna did. Mandang Jahasa Vaikunto Mohayan. Mohayan means bewildering or enchanting, Eva, Mayaya. And it was as if he were captivating, he were enchanting, almost like putting a spell on everyone uh, by his, uh, by his beautiful smile. Mohayan, Eva, Mayaya, by his own mystic power. So again, Prabhupada translates this Sutta Goswami said, the Lord thus hearing the prayers of Kunti Devi composed in choice words for his glorification, mildly smiled. That smile was as enchanting as his mystic power. So I, I apologize for all those little alerts. As soon as the class is over, I'm gonna turn off those notifications. So everyone is not always bothered by that sound, which is from WhatsApp. So here's a question. Due to misunderstanding the philosophy, Sometimes devotees neglected their families in the name of detaching from family ties. How can we pray to have that detachment without seeing our families as a burden or impediment from, to our spiritual advancement? Well, first of all, Kunti is offering this prayers when 
her sons already they're you know i don't know exactly what their age was they're in their 40s or 50s but they were they were you know full adult men and they had their own wives and children and families so uh kunti significantly did not offer this prayer when she was raising her children when she was taking care of her family kunti is is coming toward the end of her life and therefore, and she's done her duty. She's perfectly done her duty under extraordinarily difficult circumstances. She did her duty to her family. And now that she's older and the danger is over, her sons are completely mature and responsible and with their own families, then she's offering that prayer. Of course, we wanna be always detached at all stages, but detachment doesn't mean you don't love someone. That's the false idea. Sometimes people think if you love me, you should be attached to me, but that's not really what love is. Um, attachment means I want something for myself from the relationship. So to be detached doesn't mean that we don't love people. It just means we're not in the bodily, we're not in the bodily concept of life. So in Spanish, una pregunta, I'll translate it, a question about discernment. Discernment is subjective. And if it is, is it, always like that or is it that in case, some cases yes in some cases no interesting question can you give some examples please um discernment uh is it should be objective discernment means to see what's really there and 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 to sort of to separate the truth from illusion the dictionary says it's not a great dictionary but it says that to discern is to perceive or recognize something to distinguish something uh and discernment is uh, the ability to judge well the ability to judge well so generally discernment means it's one of the translations of buddhi intelligence so it means to understand what's really there and to make proper judgments. And as far as subjective discernment, um, I don't think we'd really normally use the word there. Like, let's say you like vanilla ice cream more than strawberry. So you wouldn't really say, I discern that they did have vanilla and not only strawberry. That's, I mean, generally the word discern is, I mean, you could, that's understandable, but it's not really the way we'd use the word. Um, so generally discern means to distinguish, to see what's actually there to come to a, a proper judgment. So Krishna came to relieve this turmoil in the world. Who do we give this knowledge to our leaders about passion and ignorance? <laughs> the leaders, they're the problem. Uh, I'm, I don't think there's a lot of leaders that want to hear our preaching. There may be some, there may be some, but uh, so we basically preach to those who want to hear. So if you find a leader that wants to hear, then that's great. Uh, but actually in one sense, leaders now are the people. Democracy, uh, the people ultimately decide who the leader should be. So therefore, Prabhupada took his Sankirtan movement to the people. And so if we get enough people uh, to uh, 
we get enough people to appreciate Krishna consciousness, then that will change the world. So that's it. That's all the questions. Oh, how should we translate the word Raganuga? Um, well, uh, the word Raga means attachment or passion. Let's see, the good old dictionary. So Raga means here any feeling or passion, especially love, affection, sympathy, vehement desire. And of course, it's, it's used in the Gita to mean attachment, like a passionate desire for something. And uh, Anu means following, Ga means go. So Raga Anu Ga means going according to your passion, your attachment, your love or affection. And it refers to a state in Krishna consciousness when you do things not because, merely because it's a rule or you're afraid of what will happen to you if you don't do it, but because you really love to do it. You love Krishna and you love to serve Krishna. So you're serving Krishna and um, because you really love to do so. You really love to do so. And um, so you're following your own affection. You're following your own heart. Anuga means following. You're following your own raga. You're following your own heart, your own affection in serving Krishna. That's what the word means. So thank you all very much. I guess we will stop here. And uh, one more question. I was just informed. One more above. Whoops. I don't see any questions that I didn't answer. Uh, yeah, I answered that question about discernment. So that's all the questions. Uh, so thank you all for listening and I hope you'll be back next week. Hope we'll all be alive and the world will still be here. Okay. Uh, Follow-up question from the same person. Oh, okay. Discernment, subjective discernment can be that which is based or influenced by our feelings. Uh, then it's, that's not really what the idea. Then it's just a, a, a choice. I would call it a choice you make. Because for example, let's say I have a feeling that I, I like some person. But feeling is not what makes discernment. Feelings aren't made by discernment. Feelings are made by intelligence. And so it's discernment which looks at my feelings and tells me that feeling is stupid or that feeling is, that's Krishna in your heart or that's really what's best. So no, it wouldn't be feeling. Feeling is not discernment. Discernment comes from, the feeling comes from the mind. Discernment comes from the intelligence. So I'm going to stick with my position that discernment is not a subjective. I mean, you can use the word that way and most people will know what you're talking about. It's just not normally how the word is used in English. And I suspect in other languages too. Okay, so thank you all very much. Hope we'll see you next week. Hare Krishna, as we say.